What's up, everybody? Before we jump into this week's episode of Sunday Night Teacher Talk, I wanted to let you know that on February 29th, we are doing a training about st around student engagement. And I am going at student engagement in a different way than I've ever done before because I want you to realize that the biggest issue for teachers right now is classroom management. And so how can we use student engagement to not just make class fun, right? We're not just talking about jumping off desks and making it the most circus-like uh, room transformation situation ever, but how can we engage students in a way that's going to take your top tier performers, your slightly more reluctant kids, and the kids that do not care about school, kids that might hate class, might hate you. How do we help them to get engaged and become an active participant in their own learning? And I have a, this whole training is designed around that. It's priced starting at only $39. So we try to really price it for teachers. And that's it. February 29th, it's happening. You can sign up in the link that's going to be in the description of this episode, no matter where you're listening to it. Uh, and that's it, gang. Here, enjoy the rest of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Peace. <laughs> what? What's that? <laughs> your, your counting was off. You said three, two, one, and it was still going. Oh, well, that's why I teach English. But that's besides the point. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's Sunday. And here in New Mexico, it is, um, I don't know how Oklahoma's the windy state, or they say like the wind is sweeping down the plains or Chicago's the windy city. New Mexico is the windy state because. Uh, it's windy here a lot. Yeah. And you I love it. You can fix your hair before you go to church, but it's really just wishful thinking. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Um, it's so windy here. And you think like, oh, it's beautiful. It's like 70 degrees. It's got a great breeze slash kind of windy. Yeah, you look out the window it's all like, bright and sunny you out. want to open the windows but then you'll have a <clears> thin <throat> coating of dust everywhere like yeah. not dust dirt yeah which is really kind dirt. of a new new thing to get used to new thing so because it's like 40 degrees in philly right now and gray um i'll take this yeah absolutely so anyway welcome back everybody hope that you had a great week and um if you didn't you're in the right place because this is what we talk about here and so teaching is a communal activity we think that it is something that we have to do together and that you know is really born out of that idea that i remember years of of doing this on my own right like trying to just figure it out uh and hating it so now, mm. and I like building communities too. And I can see the second camera in that camera. So, Oops. Um, you know, because <laughs> these cameras are backwards this week. Set them up backwards. Oh, um, I wouldn't. But it was like church, church went long. Bro and Mar went to a friend's house. It's, y'all know the game. It's like Sundays are not really a day off. I get to sleep like an hour later, but <clears throat> then it's game on. And with that, you ready? ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go. And Mr. Hayes is up first uh, from Australia uh, saying, I thought I'd get in early with a question. I have two year sure. 10 classes. One is super enthusiastic and engaged. The other is apathetic and reluctant to engage. But whine when I don't do the fun stuff that I do with the other class. Any idea on how to approach this? I might sound stupid, but as an enthusiastic person, they do suck the joy and enthusiasm from me. Oh, certainly. Oh, For gosh. Sure. So I think, Hayes, um, hmm. had this happen any number of times. I think it's sitting down and having the conversation with the students. Um, and and like with the students that are not very enthusiastic or fun and breaking it down, like, listen, 
Um, I want to do this fun stuff too, right? So I heard you complaining the other day that I didn't do this thing. But for real honest, this is, and I don't say this is what you do. I don't, I don't put any blame on because, and the reason is even if blame is super well, like it's, it's deserved, uh, it stops conversations. So instead, I want to say something to the, to the effect of what I'm seeing when we do that is this. And so it's at, and then letting kids speak to that, right? Like letting them have a conversation about that. The, the kids that speak back loudest that say like, yeah, but we want to do it and it's on our fault. And, you know, you know, whatever they they're saying, note who those, this is, this is important. Note who your, mo who your loudest students are and look for those kids that are quiet, but are locked in because this is, you're looking for signs that this is important to someone. And when we see the signs that this is important to someone, then what we can do is follow up with them later, maybe follow up with them as a small, like this is worth your time and effort to say like, yo, I'm going to pull these five kids. Um, we're going to do lunch in my room one day. And I want to talk about this. Like, how can we make this awesome? man? like, I, I, I love, you see what my other classes are like, you hear what they're like, you, you, you see us outside, you hear it from the kids talking about it. Like it's the best. I want this to be the best, but the best, there's this great video. Um, Oh, snap. I'm going to forget the guy's name. Uh, if you look up, it's a very, it might even be a TED Talk. It is like one of the shortest TED Talks you ever saw in your life. Um, if the guy's name comes to me, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. But he he was, if you look it up, he was the previous owner, the former, he, he created CD Baby, um, which was a, a company that he sold for like a gazillion dollars. So uh, he has a video about leadership and it is this idea that the it's never the leader that really gets people to come on board what they do is they're trying to get that first follower that first member of the community and then as so as the, and then as more people see so what you're actually doing is like the crowds over here and they're lazy and apathetic you have one person saying i want to make this fun if you can get one kid to come over to your side and then you both start doing fun, then their friends or start moving over. Then what happens is over time, um, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. So you have more kids that are enthusiastic. Now it looks weird to not be a part of class. So instead of looking at the class, it's looking for that core group of kids that when you have the conversation are honed in because it's important to them. Um, or have your feelers out for kids that you think it might be important, right? And then, uh, oh yeah, Derek Sivers. Is that the one? Yeah, how to I'll, how to start a movement. Derek Sivers. Okay, she's gonna put it in the chat. Um, but that's how I kick it off, and and build. It is. It is being willing when necessary to do the slow grow over time that leads to greatness. I have had classes that it has taken till like now to like February for us to fall, like have some kind of like be in sync with one another, but it is fully worth it because you all know that if your school year feels like it sucks right now, good luck, man. That, like March, April, or yeah, you still have all of March, April, May, some of you, June, damn, come on, man. It's worth it to put that time in, which is still why we're doing classroom management, student engagement, and all these workshops now, 
because it's still worth your time. And um, if, if it doesn't go right, Hayes, think of it this way. Try a bunch of stuff and then see what works because th that class is coming back one day. They're all going to have different faces and different names, but they are going to show back up in your classroom one day, those apathetic kids, and you'll have more tools in your tool chest, more tried and true proven strategies that you've done before that you're like, oh, bet I got it under control now. Um, and that's such a great feeling. All right. Uh, sorry. You're multitasking. I, get I am multitasking. Go ahead and multitask. Here. This is why I don't do it. Let's You're actually better. I mean, I don't think you can be good at multitasking, but you are absolutely better than I am at multitasking. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on the belief that it's a, what do you say? It's not really, it's not true multitasking. Oh, no, it's, it's the science shows it. It's fake. Yeah. My quality goes down of like, I've yeah. noticed, especially as I got older. I don't think I noticed it as much when I was younger. I was like, no, multitasking is real. And no. I'm stellar. At I like it, to think of but... it as the cheesecake factory effect. Um, <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the next question? Yeah. Mallory is up next yeah, asking, how do you deal with kids with extreme anger issues? I have a student who lashes out over the simplest things, like calmly asking him to take out a pencil. I'm trying to build a positive relationship with him, but it's gotten to where I feel unsafe. Uh, so first of all, Mallory, if you're at the point where you feel unsafe, you need to go speak to your administration or to someone and let them know. Uh, what are you saying? I was gonna say, especially because like there are there can be an undiagnosed like um what's I forget Chris Carson can probably chime in in the comments, but like ED, like there's there could be other things going on. So just to build a typical relationship yeah. might be a little bit like it's different or difficult. The other thing, let me speak to that real quick. Let me speak to this idea of like of speaking to administration and um can you shoot it back to this one? Oh, um, did you turn it? Yeah, I did. Oh, I so didn't I know. See you talking, girl. You, you're important. Um, it is. So when we when we write, even writing kids up, right? So like if you're seeing behaviors and you're seeing a kid lash out because you gave them a pencil. I think I had a video about it recently about writing kids up. And one of the things I, I think I may have failed to mention in the video that I thought of later uh, is. I never view write-ups, even if my school uses them for whatever reason, they use them to give detentions or something like that. I've had kids get detention off of my write-up. I just go get them out of detention. I just like, I'm just stealing from detention. I, this is stupid. Um, write-ups to me are documentation of, of behaviors. And they do, they do more than just like, like put a letter. I'm not trying to put a letter in someone's file. I'm not trying to like get you in trouble. I want everyone else to know. Because what ends up happening is when we look, so when my group of like, uh, so my ninth grade team started doing this at one point, it was like, write up everything. And not because the kid's going to get a demerit or get in trouble, but because now we're all aware, right? So if I start seeing that I'm the only one that this kid freaks out on when there's a pencil issue, that is, man, I need to talk to someone about like, what's going on in my class. There could be a class though, where a student is, where like that is happening more and more frequently and all the teachers see it. Or uh, there's a kid who sleeps in class all the time and you're seeing that, oh, this is happening for all the teachers. We all need to be on the same page so that we can handle this together, come up with a plan. And that makes it easier to go to administration because now they're not just listening to one person. And I'll tell you what, like Mallory, I was a pain in the butt for, to people. 
So I found that I got what I wanted because I because they knew I was gonna I was like just not gonna let go, right? It was like a like a dog on your leg. I guess just not letting go. But there were other teachers I felt like that got dismissed. And it's because they were like, um, so I was wondering if we could kind of sort of maybe like maybe do something because I feel threatened in my classroom. And then they just never followed up. And maybe because admin just pushed them aside because they didn't take them seriously or they didn't really want to do anything. Um, or maybe it was just that it was forgettable and, and, and they got, they got caught up doing other stuff, right? You get busy. So I think that that's one component of it. Um, the other thing that I've found is there's definitely strategies and I would look look more into like what I'm able to give you right now, but starting looking into strategies. And I look, I think one of the things that would serve teachers the best, which is why when people ask me what books I read when I am getting ready to teach my list right now. It, there's like two authors that I would give you that write educational books, right? It would be Dave Burgess and Rafe Esquith. Everything else I gave you, I'd tell you to go read um, to go read uh, Unreasonable Hospitality uh, by Will Goddard. I'd tell you to go read uh, Find Your Yellow Tux by Jesse Cole, owner of Savannah Bananas. Like, like, so in that, I'm wondering if there are books that are not specifically about education, but in working with folks that are um, kind of on the edge all the time, right? So maybe if there's something in working with folks that are um, in juvenile detention centers, in prisons even, like where is a place that this behavior would be exhibited a lot? And that's where I pull from. I, I've read a lot about like gang culture, a lot about prison systems, a lot about like things of that nature. So, for instance, one of the ways to de-escalate a scenario when someone is getting really, like, I've had situations where I thought a kid was going to hit me, like, any number of times. And one of the best ways to deal with that is, one, you keep a cool voice, right? Just don't raise your voice. Um, I never stare anyone down. I try to alleviate power struggles. But a practical tip is sit down when someone's talking to you. So if I'm having one of those conversations, I'll just sit in the desk and I keep having the conversation. I keep listening. But it's, it throws, it's not like we're coming head to head. It's like you are like a ram ready to bash me in the head with your horns. But then I just sit down in front of you. It de-escalates the situation. I'm not, I forget what the science is behind it, but there's a whole bunch of those sorts of things. So start with admin, other teachers coming up with a plan and don't let go. Bother the hell out of whoever you need to bother the hell out of, if necessary, right? Assuming that maybe you don't have a good ad if you don't have a good admin um don't let them go keep following up like every friggin' day until something happens and i would educate myself on some of those tactics because they absolutely work if you sit down in front of a kid they just don't even know what just happened right there it's what in the world is even going on here um it's you know it's it's so that's where i would start and then look, follow up with me too. If you even want to send me an email, I'd be happy to like get in some of the particulars of that as well. All right. Uh, Salma's. I, I wonder how old's Mallory's baby now? I feel like 
I know. I feel like I Mallory just... was on here when that baby was born. <laughs> I she might have been. She needs to take another picture that looks exactly like that one, but with like a four year old on her. It would just be hilarious. Mallory, let us know. Not like they don't just still lay the same way when they lay on you with all their weight and heat. They do. (laughs) Um, Thank goodness 14 and 16 year olds do not do that. All right. Uh, right, Salma's up next asking, I had a brutal lesson observation um, ago and I'm still reeling from how harsh the feedback was. I feel like my self-esteem is shattered now. What can I do? Man, that's a great question. What you have to know first, Selma, is that, look, I don't know you, but um, short of anything short of being harsh with students um, or if you were on your phone the whole time your lesson was taking place, if you were uh, disrespectful or rude or hurtful to your students, if you just sat there in a corner and stared at the ceiling. Anything short of that should never be met with an observation that had feedback that would leave you feeling like that. Why? It's like it shows that the observer doesn't know what they're doing, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. Sometimes I just get fired up, and this stuff pisses me off. And I, it's like that could hurt someone's feelings, but but this is the point, right? Like like how are we raising up people to be better? By just like beating down on them so that they feel crappy. And even Salma, I say that even if that is your own stuff, right? Maybe what they said. So I heard someone say the other day, I think maybe it was Pastor Darius said like, um, someone will hear, yeah, that's a dumb idea. And immediately they, so you tell someone an idea and they go, that's a dumb idea. And and what you hear is not that that's a bad idea, but that you're dumb, right? So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's that. Um, but even if that's the case, right, even if it's some of your own baggage, um, like what, like there, there needs to be positive reinforcement. There needs to be guidance to get to the next level. Like there's no world. This is not the military where we're like just beating down on people so we can build them back up. Right. The military's figured out how to do that, but it's done with utter intention. It's done with science behind it. It's done with, um, it is seeing those people all day, every day, over and over and over again. This is someone that comes in and observes you, what, three times a year? And then they're going to like leave you feeling like that. I just first, before I even answer your question, is affirming you in that, like I said, unless you are literally a horrible person and a horrible teacher, anything short of that, you shouldn't be leaving observation like that. Um, I think the other thing that I've learned is sometimes those observations hurt because there is a grain of truth in there um, or even a, a more than a grain of truth. And so one of the things I've learned from some of my mentors as of late is your haters are your, are your best teachers. They will, your friends won't always point out to you where you're falling short. Your haters will the, like, so for me online, it's like the, and the little bit of hate that I get, um, I used to just like dismiss that. And now I try to really think about that as long as it's something new and fresh and not like talking to me about my bathroom video again and how they <laughs> pooped their pants in middle school because of a teacher like me, but like uh, real story. Uh, but they, it is really like looking at the critique that someone has and going like, am I, maybe, maybe that is a little bit true. Maybe I am like that. Maybe I do that thing sometimes and really thinking about that. But then here's the beauty of all of this, Selma. 
is that no matter what, you can get better. And when you get better, you're not just getting better so that person comes in and gives you a better observation next time. Who cares about that, right? You'll feel it in your life when you get better at teaching, when you get better at being the person who can teach. You, your students will get a better you, which means you will get a better version of your students. You will feel better when you're walking into school, when you're leaving school. Like one of the reasons we keep running these workshops and that, I mean, if we didn't move, we would have been doing them all year. Every one a month, every year was the plan. One of the reasons we keep running them is that it's this idea of one, it's constant growth. And two, I don't want, I want people to live great lives. What does that mean? It means that when you go to school, you feel good. When you leave school, you're not depleted. You don't, if they didn't strip your peace, they didn't strip your sanity from you. You aren't like dead to the world and you have to show up and your kids at home get 10% of you, right? I want my kids to get a hundred percent of me, right? At least 50, 50. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's really trying to figure that out. So what I would do is I would figure out some of those areas, like pick two areas or one area, if it's big, that they gave you the most issue with, let's say it's classroom management. I'd watch everything on classroom management. I could, I'd read every single book and then do it, right? Try it. It can't get, obviously it can't get any worse. Um, when we pare it down and focus on one thing, there's a great book that came out by this guy, Dr. I think his name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. It says 10 X is easier than two X. And so meaning like you, if to double your, to have your class go up, like, like to double and anything their grades and uh in their behavior is actually far more difficult than having like a huge change because the mindset behind a huge change is so different when you start thinking about if you had a business that made a thousand dollars a month and you all of a sudden were like how do i make two thousand dollars a month that's a certain question you're asking yourself if you thought how do i make ten thousand dollars a month from a thousand to ten thousand dollars a month you're asking different questions so looking at it and saying, all right, if classroom management was one of my things, how am I reading every single thing? I'm taking every single, and this is not a plug for us. Like, I don't, that's not where I'm getting at. Cause you could take, there's other people I'm sure have stuff that exists also just deep dive into it, get super into it so that there's you, you will get better. Um, and I think that that's, that's really the move is realizing that like what this is doing is pointing out a place maybe that you're not strong and you know it right now, but watch out. And I'm telling you, I, I'm just telling you this because I see it in people. I see it in people that I mentor. I've seen it in myself that when you, when that, def, that feeling defeated turns, I try, I, this is what I use, turns to anger, turns to like, I'm tired of it. Not even anger, just like, I'm tired of this. It's just, this is just not happening to me anymore. I will never get a review like that for the rest of my life. And then I put in that work, even if my review is not better the next time or my observation, um, I know I'm doing better. And so, and I, and you can't ignore that. Like, so that's, that's where I would start with that. I'm really sorry that that happened to you though. It's really sucky. And I hate when observers don't know what the hell they're doing. Cause it just, it, teachers need more love and appreciation and care than that. Um, I think just 
part of it is you also just have to have grace for yourself that you're still learning and growing. Facts. We all are learning and growing in life. No one ever arrives or knows it all. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Every new level is a new level of like, oh man, I got to climb the mountain and grow and learn how to do that. So it's like giving yourself some grace also. Um, every level, every time you level up, let's just say this too. This is a, one of our mentors told us this. Every time you level up, you're at the bottom of that level, right? So it's like, it's just like when eighth graders act all like like they're the kings and queens of the school. Then you go to ninth grade. It's like, bro, you're at the bottom. Yeah. Like you're at the bottom of the next level. And so you're there's always going to be that feeling of it's like. The thing is just reminding yourself that you're still growing. Yeah. Um, and that's for anybody. I want to just. I love what Maisha said in the comments. What's she up, said, Maisha? Uh, observations are just a snapshot of your class, but it doesn't define you. Yes. I love that. Yes. Maybe it's a bad day. Like, who knows? Like, there's a million reasons, but it's just a snapshot. That's a that's a wonderful. Mm, yeah, at. I really liked it. Uh, okay. Gian is up next asking, how long does it take to feel like you're, you're uh, consistently able to bring the best version of yourself? Um, feeling during my first year, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. And maybe, but I'm going to tell you this, John, you're going to get to a place this year that, gosh, if you could talk to beginning of, if they could, if you could talk to September, Gian, if almost March, Gian could talk to September, Gian, you'd be like, you, you don't always know how to handle the behaviors. You don't know how to handle the workload. You don't know how to handle the grading, but you know, it's something you are, you are, your awareness is stronger. <clears throat> and I would remind you that keep trying to get better. And by, like I said, in that last question, not, not like, here, I'm going to put it like this. We have a tendency in our lives, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but I know I certainly have this tendency to over-exaggerate things, to make a mountain out of a molehill. So <clears throat> let's say your house is a disaster. If you cleaned up just surfaces in your house, right? You just, even if you shoved it all in drawers and closets and stuff like that, right? But your kitchen counter is clear. Your dining room tables, the and we all, my house growing up, my house now, the diamond dining room table <laughs> is the collector. We don't, we don't dine at the dining room table. It is a placeholder for all other projects. It is. Right now, we're making t shirts on there. We're making now. stickers. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the dining room table. Um, it is cleaning off surfaces. You feel better. And what that shows me, right? You really, you look around your house and you're like, this isn't that bad. And it makes you feel like you can take the next step. It's, Knowing that as you're growing, there's going to be these moments where you figure out a little bit more, right? You figure out a little bit of the work-life balance. You figure out that you don't need 12 hours to do your lesson plans on Sunday. You only need six hours, right? And that's why it is crucially important to look back. It is one of my favorite things about having a YouTube channel is it allows you to look back to see who you were because you're not there anymore. You're constantly growing and changing and optimizing over time. And so how long does that take? Some things you can make go faster, right? So like if you, I think that if people, here, here let's get real. We're going to get real, real for a second. If you watched the videos on YouTube from me or from anyone else, 
or if you read the books from anyone else and you did the thing they said, it is, I think, a level of courage that comes along with this, right? So like if you're the person who actually implements the thing and then keeps pushing forward, things will get better. Um, as opposed to watching the videos, reading the books, and then just like waiting for the right moment to implement something, just do it, man. Um, so it's, if you have that reckless pursuit of, of getting better and better and better and better, you're just going to get better. Um, it is, so that, that's part of it, but that's why I'm always saying that's the person over the pedagogy all the time. It's growing you. You have to be able to be able the person to do the thing. You having good classroom management, part of that is having confidence. It's having belief that this works, that it's, that it's useful, that it matters. And so, um, but someone who dabbles or gets run over and doesn't get back up, like that's why it's so like Selma, that's why it is so incredibly important that you come back from this because these are the moments where we just go with the hell with it. Um, it's not, who cares? It's not even worth it. It's just, and I'm telling you on the flip side, like I know it's worth it because when you get to that place where you love going to school, you don't mind, like at the end of the day, you, it's a little bit sad. Like you got to push kids out of your room so you can go home and then you go home and you're still loving your kids and being there with your family and playing a game or watching a movie or whatever. And you're not dead. Like that is incredible. When you, your days are going awesome, when your old students are coming back to visit you, like it is, it's the best. You just got to get there. So I think that a, re, a relentless and almost reckless pursuit sometimes of, of wanting to get better, man. And then reflection, because you, you will, sometimes we forget how much we've grown. And, and it's like, that's why it's a good idea to make friends with new teachers. They will, they, it's like looking into a mirror and you're going, man. I am not great. I'm not there anymore though. And God bless them. Like now you can help them get there faster, but like, I'm not just start. I'm not just, you know, my hair is black and it's not black anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. Ray is up next is. asking, um, not sure if you remember me from last week, the computing teacher. I do remember the name, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm actually 17. No, I Oh, I'm actually 17 and I've wanted to teach for years. I'm worried I could never be the teacher I dream of being as I'm not popular or loud in school now. I'm known as the sensible focused girl. I really want to be that that teacher who's different, but I am worried that it's not in my nature. Uh, am I too young to be deciding on what type of teacher I will end up being or what my nature even is? Did you find it easier to build relationships as a teacher or as a peer? Um, what grade is Ryan? She's 17. So 11th, 12th grade. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is a great question. I just, I am formulating my, I am processing my answer in real time right here. Uh, right. My life. When I was 17, my life has turned out literally nothing like I thought it was going to be. I am not the person that I was when I was 17. Um, I have some of the same tendencies, some of the same characteristics. Some of those are strong and good and bad. Uh, <laughs> but by and large, um, I've changed tremendously. 
if those folks that are 17 that don't train tremendously are that's it's the opposite of what you want to be um here's the beauty in that i once recently i was i had a thought like maybe a year ago of i think i asked you this i know i asked some people at school what would 18 year old me think of 40 something year old me and you remember talking about this i do and i immediately thought like i would think i'm awesome like i would love <laughs> where my life is right like for real like i know the adventures i've had the places i've gone the things that i've done students i have built relationships with the classes that i've taught the fact that i'm even a teacher but i'm the kind of teacher that i that i wanted to be the fact that i even have like look there's only some of you that aren't going to understand this but like i grew up loving public access television um because there was all kinds of quirky weird stuff on there i basically run a public access show now right that's what basically what youtube has created the ability for people to make public access shows so it's i'm basically making wayne's world right now um <laughs> i'm here with my with garth uh so <laughs> so i would i would be thrilled with who i was but ray 17 year old me and I was didn't know what I wanted to become. I didn't know what I could become. I didn't know what was even possible then. And so it is it is growing into, it is excitedly going through the process, the journey of growing into who you're meant to be. And how are you going to do that? Trying stuff, going places, meeting people, being mindful of who you're hanging out with. Even if you're not popular in school, my first, my ninth grade year, I had no friends. I went to a brand new school and because I was having a hard time. This is the story I don't ever talk about. I had a hard time sixth, seventh, eighth grade years of school where I grew up in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. Um, and so I decided that I was going to go start new and go to this. Uh, it was called Camden County Vocational and Technical School at the time in New Jersey. And at that time, what I didn't know was that it is one of the worst places that teachers still talk about the early nineties there and how it was like one of the worst times ever, like riots. I seen kids get beat with pipes thrown out of windows. I mean, it was like a movie and I grew up in like, like a really nice working class neighborhood. I I'd never experienced anything like this. Um, and that being said, like I would have never, I, I don't, I forget where I was going with that, but like, I, I would have never got, to this point, um, recklessly pursue growing into who you're going to be. You were talking about not like you were so different in ninth grade. Oh, like, oh yeah. I had no friends, right? I, I had no one talked to me and I didn't, I didn't speak. I did not speak in ninth grade. I it was like, I felt unworthy. I felt like if I said something, no one was going to care what I said anyway. So all that said, um, I remember 10th grade, something switched. And I remember starting, like I can look back now and who I am today is, as I'm not that person, but I can, I see the starting line right there. And then so many other things changed and I kept growing. It was, it's awesome. Um, and look, if you're asking these questions when you're 17, the, the, the gig is to keep asking them because the most fascinating people that you'll ever meet in your life are the people that keep growing and changing and learning and, and doing that kind of stuff. And so find yourself a community and keep doing it. That's why this community is so incredible. It's Sunday and there's like a bunch of people 
at home watching the like talking about how to get better as teachers. So, yeah. I would just say also that you grow, obviously that's what you talked about growing so much, but like you grow so much. And then one of the special things that I think that what we try to do here to remind everybody in the classroom is, I mean, CJ says it all the time, you're ordinary as someone else's extraordinary. So like you go into the classroom just because you're sensible and focused doesn't mean that you can't have fun. Fun comes in so many different ways and variables. It's not just, you're going to find there are kids that will be, if you become a teacher, they're going to be kids in your classroom that, that need you and need to it. connect to who you are. They need you. But that's why there's a multitude and a variety of teachers because you you just can't be the teacher for everyone. And CJ was not the teacher for every nope. student. There, I remember many times him having difficulties with certain students and he just couldn't make the connection or he just wasn't the one. So instead of just saying, ah, you know, and not doing anything about it, he found who was that child's one or ways to yeah. like things like that, like because you all fill in each other's gaps. That's what I think what's a beautiful thing that gets missed in schools is that you know everybody's different should be different you need to be who you are in the classroom because that will meet somebody one of the students and you all do that for your students yep. like as a community of educators in a we school. look at who we're not for or who doesn't want us and we miss the opportunity to see who we are for because ray some kid is growing up and is you're you're gonna here's what you're gonna do as a teacher you always do you run in to teenage you, or if you're teaching fourth grade, you run into fourth grade you, right? And then you immediately go, oh, dang, that's who I was. The question now is, what did I need mm. from this version of me? And then be that person. Yep. All right. I was so busy doing other stuff that I didn't find an Sorry. expression. Maybe I can really notice on this shirt now. So I just, I'm learning how to print shirts, right? So we're going to start selling these shirts we got a heat press a long time ago and but we just got it set up in new mexico and made like a little room for it and stuff like that and i a hundred percent put this all in there crooked last night <laughs> it was late you're trying to get it done i was trying to hurry up because i had be your a, gym shirt i had something to go do i was like running out to do something and i was like snap i have like four minutes so i just tried to rush in there and bounce it like bang it out real quick um if you order a shirt from us they will not look like this unless you unless you special order a slightly cocked of the side shirt. We're just figuring out what to do. Sure has a little attitude. It's like putting your hat on. Well, I just want to put side. it out to our community that, like, if you have an idea or if you want something on a shirt, like, hit us up. Let us know. We have the ability. We tried to do merchandise through some other company that they make it for you, and like, it just was never, just never really worked out. Yeah. And so we have our own equipment now, and we want to make shirts. But I want to make shirts that people want. So let us know what you want. Yeah. We can make anything. We now. can make anything. Um, hit it lady. All right. Ruth is up next asking, I'm a teacher. Uh, I'm teaching a virtual class in the evenings to high school students who think they want to teach any suggestions for helping students turn in essays on time. I've chunked lessons and gave a template. End of question. I think so. Until right. I so just make sure. Um, so who was that? Ruth. Ruth. Uh, Ruth, I would say it is one of the things that I think here's what teachers I'm going to, I'm going to overgeneralize. I had a talk with a mentee this weekend. Um, and I'm, I won't say your name if, if you're watching this, 
but they're having an issue at their school where they they're in leadership. So they're a teacher and they are in leadership. They're having a huge issue at their school with with culture. And part of that culture, the problem with the culture is that teachers are talking trash. They gossip all the time. And it's really it's like tons of negativity. Um, so part of our conversation was, how do you change that? What do you do about it? One of the things I love pointing out in that is that teachers will often do what they tell their students not to do, right? We procrastinate even though we tell our kids not to. We don't get our things done in time and the admin has to keep chasing us down, chasing us down, chasing us down, but we don't get it in on time. We are not, like, what I tell my students all the time is that, like, you have to be nice and work hard in my class. But then there's teachers that are not nice and that do not work hard, but demand that of their students. It's so, it reminds me of, like, my mom would be smoking like two packs a day when I was a kid and then yell at me. She's like, if I ever catch you smoking and it's like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> okay. Um, so what I found is that if we want our kids to be nice and work hard, we have to be nicer and work harder than any of them. No one works harder than me. Not one kid works harder than me. Not one kid is nicer than me. And this is a conversation to have with these young people as well. You cannot, when you get, become a teacher, you do not, you cannot become the teacher that puts all their grades in right before progress reports or report cards, right? You just can't, but you turning in essays, you're exercising that same muscle, that same muscle, that being late. Okay. Ha not sticking to your word, not coming through on time is the type of person you are right now. That's the kind of teacher you're going to become. That's the kind of, the kind of spouse you're going to become, right? These are, it's no different. It's not like, oh, well, if this is, if I had my real job, I'd, no, it's not because I, and how do I know that young people? Because I watch it all the time. I watch the people that still come to work late every day. They're rushing down the hall and like someone has to sit with their class for 10 minutes because they just, they were just late. No, no excuse, no real reason. Um, the people that miss school all the time, the people that don't hand stuff back, the people that their classroom is a disaster area because they never learned how to become organized. It is, you need to work on these soft skills that are actually sometimes even more important than whatever the other skill they're teaching you. Um, that this is the kind of people that we are in here, that if you want to be a teacher, you have to be on time. So, so let's figure out a plan. Let's work backwards and I'm going to like, I, I help students by like, I'll even help you get started and I'll let you know what the next step is. And then going from there, but it's like, or asking like, what could we do? What is something that we could do to scale this? Um, but it's, I think it's having that heavy, deep and real conversation with those kids too. Handling right. your papers late. We're moving really slow today. Nonsense. So let's pick up the speed. I'll pick up. Pick up the pace. Uh, okay, Go. Pat is up next. So much classroom management is a confidence issue. How do you teach that or train a person to have that confidence that will make them effective? First, Pat, the thing that you're going to do is do do what you're do what you're told, right? So, but like this, um, if I say that you cannot talk when, when don't talk and give directions when kids are talking, right? It's just all it does is it minimizes the amount that other kids can actually hear and understand what's going on. Um, and you're allowing that behavior to, to, to happen. That's hard. That is a hard thing to do. So one, you have to just do it. Doing anything over time 
is going to start to reinforce that behavior where what used to be hard for you is no longer hard, right? So I will tell you this. I'm going to make a weird-ass comparison here, Pat. The first time I kissed my wife, it, I remember exactly where it was. It was all <laughs> awkward and weird. Oh, not even weird. sure. Not sure I pulled it off, you know, expertly. Um, but then you get into it, you know, 29 years later, really. Um, it's like you just you just kiss whenever, right? It's like not even a big deal. Having the confidence within classroom management is no different in that you're going to see what you're supposed to do, hear what you're supposed to do, take the leap of faith that it's going to work, and then keep doing it. Build in the consistency because once you start seeing that little bit of change, it's going to reaffirm that like, oh, damn, like, like I got, I got five minutes in and class was good today. Could we get the 10 minutes? And you keep going and going and going. Um, but, and the bottom line here, Pat, is this, that, look, I don't know you. I never met you in real life. Um, but I'm going to tell you, cause I've worked with so many people that you can do it. I've never met a teacher that that really wanted to do it, that didn't do it with anything, right? So if we're looking at classroom management, the only people that never actually got classroom management are the people that didn't believe in themselves and the people that didn't believe that what what they were, what was shared with them to do, that they could do it or that they wanted to do it. So I'm just yeah. going to, uh, I love Myron Golden's quote, uh, and I think it works here. It's like, if it's not working on what you're doing, it's working on you. So, right? It's if not working oh, that's for you. It's happy. If, if it's not working for you. No, if it's not. If what you're doing is not wor you're, working. What, all work works, right? This is from the Bible. All work works. If it's not working for you, it's working on you. And so... Sometimes the classroom management is not working, but it's, you are becoming the kind of person that comes in and tries things, that does stuff, that goes back and goes back to the to the workshop in your head and you're trying to figure it out. And then you're like, all right, we're going to try this tomorrow. You just keep showing up. It's got to work so, at some it's point. It's the willingness to do that, right? Yeah. That is the work. That's part of the work. Facts. And I think that's the part that us as humans just really get afraid of. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Like, I hate that the dis answer to like exercises like discipline and discipline equals freedom i hate all those answer answers but they really are the answers like yeah. you either just do the work or just don't um, it, love okay we're gonna jump to uh oh wait it left so i'll just read it from here we're we got a super chat for oh, nice. thank uh, you from 360 olympia so thank you so much thank you. um they're asking first year teacher love the channel what what does your, oh, this is an old one. What does your daily six point grading look like? Also, thoughts on grading for equity, specifically 50% minimum Emmett? 50% uh, minimum. Here, do you want that? Emmett, explain that part. I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't want to give you an answer to something um, that you didn't ask. Oh, there you go. So, first, uh, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for the super chat. I really, I mean, when I say appreciate it, thank you. Um, I, so there, with 700 videos now, there's any number of things I don't do anymore. And I stopped doing the point system a long time ago. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why I think even though people, I mean, I've gotten some serious hate on that video, but I want to talk about why I think it still is applicable. I stopped doing it for the same reason that I stopped giving, um, like I stopped grading for participation in the same way. Uh, and that is 
I want kids' grades to be based on mastery of the content, not on on their behavior. I don't I don't believe in giving grades for behavior. I'm not I'm an English teacher. I'm not a be good teacher. And so, but what I found is that, um, so that that's that we'll just put a pin in that. And if I need to speak more about that, someone let me know. The other side is, um, I think it still works because like it or not, like students have been in, by the time they're coming to me, they're 14 years old, right? In ninth grade, you have been so ingrained with this idea of points, right? Like if you, you see it in school, right? Someone's screwing around, keep it up. I'm going to take a point off. Oh, you're doing bad behavior. You, you talk during the test. It's two points off, right? We have connected behavior and education so well together that they're like inseparable. Now, what I instead talk to my students about is that so-called good behavior, like focusing in, participating, sharing your ideas, like actively listening to other people, speaking back to those ideas, learning how to have real conversations and, and learning how to study and all these things, they just make you a better student. So like, so what were like good behavior, I hate air quotes, but it's the only thing I can do sometimes. <laughs> good behavior leads to better grades, but I don't even care about that. It leads to mastery, which is ultimately going to make you the kind of person that's going to be successful in your life, right? So my students know, I don't give a crap about grades. Grades are a game. Um, just like points are a game. I'm looking for mastery of content, mastery of, of what we're the, the, the skill that we're trying to develop. Um, and when you become the person that masters things, then you're going to be a master of your own life. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with that. Did they, did they answer with the other thing? Cause I can speak to it, but I'll start thing? speaking to it. And then oh, if I, if you... um, minimum grade is 50% because a zero is so damaging. No, to students. that's a terrible idea. Uh, kids should get a zero. Do you want me to finish? Or no, you well, you can, but I get a fire <laughs> about this. One. If you are a B student and get a zero, it takes 15 Bs to get back to a B. A 50% is still an F. Students who fare to try still fail. No, because here's what I here's what I learned, and I, and I'm going to explain myself too, right? Because I like because I'm not interested in crushing students and giving them no hope or no opportunity, not at all. In I'm about to become here we are. I'm about to be that teacher that says the real world. In the real world, <laughs> if you don't go to work, they don't give you half of your weekly pay. They give you zero weekly pay. So if you sit around all day and do nothing, you don't get anything from that. Just because I bought up, I, I am a, a card carrying member of the planet of fitness and I pay my $25 a month for the black card. Um, so I'm at the highest echelon and the highest level there at, at planet fitness. I don't get three abs for doing that. Right. And I don't, it's not even like I'm working for the six. Right. But I don't, they don't just give me three for free because I have a card there. You got to do the work to get it. I tell, tell my kids, right. If, so if they go out with me somewhere and we stop and get ice cream and one of my kids stayed home, they're like, you didn't give me ice cream. You didn't bring me back candy. You didn't do like, if you get, this is why I tell them, you got to take the trip to get the treasure. And I want my <laughs> students to know that too. Right. So if you hand in zero, guess what you get? Zero. And so, what does that mean? Depending on the kid, right? So if it's a if it's a test or a quiz, 
you can always retake those. You can retake any test or quiz in my class Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the next week. Because I even if you had a 97 and you just want 100, I'm not talking about kids who are just failing. I'm looking for excellence on all levels. Then if you are, if you're continuously not turning in homework, I think that might take looking at some of those homework grades and figuring out like, are your, like, I don't, I do, this is what, another reason I do total points in my classroom, right? Do not do tests and tests are worth this, quizzes are worth this, uh, homework's only 15% of your grade, participation's 10% of your grade. First of all, participation is like one of the most important things in the world anyway. Um, and so it is, We but we put too much value in tests. We make them like 50% of a kid's grade. So first of all, that needs to be realigned, in my opinion. And then it is, if a student is failing, of course, I don't want you to be crushed. Of course, I don't want you to dig that deep of a hole. But we need to figure this out. We need to work it out. I don't do makeup work and I don't do late work. But there are times, right? There's nothing is, nothing is, there's almost nothing in my class that's like a hard and fast rule, right? By and large. Because you're going to have a kid that didn't do a bunch of assignments. They dug themselves a hole, but then you find out there's a reason behind it. Or you find out that they don't have, they, if, if like they got three assignments in, they haven't done like three different assignments and now they see their grade and they're like, there's no hope for this anyway. Nope. Because one of the big things I want my kids to learn about also is, is advocating for yourself. Come see me, come talk to me and let's figure this out together. So it's not about, I give you the work, you do it or don't do it. And then you just get the grade that you get. I'm always looking to work for you. If I have a kid that doesn't hand in two assignments, we're 100% sitting down and having a conversation. There's a letter going home. I'm talking to other teachers. Like the, it, it gets real and it's a lot of work, but it pays off because what we're trying to do is develop young people that don't give up, that aren't discouraged, that advocate for themselves, that care about themselves, that want success in their lives no matter what. Um, and so that's kind of where that goes. That's. I just want to say, I think that that fits with his last comment. He just put in um, saying that he's a special ed teacher. So yeah. I see my students failing science and social studies because accommodations aren't being met. Right. So that's, that's, that's the accommodations aren't being met. Those teachers need to be spoken to immediately and they need to be trained because I don't think that everyone knows how to accommodate someone. Right. They don't. It's like they don't know. It's like repeat directions. And they're like, I did say it again. And it's like, bro, like. They don't understand really what chunking is. They don't understand why you would have, instead of four multiple choice questions, three, but which one you should omit, right? Like it's, it is training our teachers to care for our kids that learn differently than everyone else and have different needs and then holding them accountable to really, really doing that. And I'll tell you what, and I made this video recently called Beyond the IEP. I think in the schools that I worked at, and I will not say this, this is not a gen overgeneralization. This is in the schools I worked with. Many, many, many of the students that were that were performing below level that had an IEP had been failed by the system for years, right? You're not reading on a second grade reading level just because you're dyslexic. It's because you they didn't see that need and they didn't meet it when you were younger. And now we're digging out of this big hole. So we got to build those kids up big time and let them know they're worth it. Know that you matter. Know that that this is a big deal. That you, because you learn differently, doesn't mean that you are going to have any kind of like a life that's less awesome than the life you dream it should be. 
that's got to be like ingrained so much in the kids and then teaching them the, the skills of, to advocate. Yo, someone's not like, if someone's not giving you small group testing because it's not that big, it's not that long of a test, bro. I, I'm telling you right now, I need small group testing. I'm not even taking this right now until I get it. It's helping our, and maybe don't say it like that, but I'm just getting fired up. It's talking to our young people about um, advocating for themselves, right? Not just taking what you're given and, and pushing back. One of the things that I'm really excited about that you're going to talk about in the workshop that you're doing coming up is, oh, whoops, wrong button. <laughs> uh, is how to really motivate those students um, in showing that like super- I'm going to tell that real quick while you pull up the next oh, question. Real quick. So there's this idea that I have that I use in school all the time that like, and this is one of the things, if you're interested in the um, workshop, the it's in the description below. Oh, okay, right. Um, oh, I'm looking at the wrong camera. No, you can go ahead and look so, at that one. <laughs> um, if a kid gets uh, 20% on a test, right? Um, I always do percentages on, or I do whatever. That's different. I'm going down a rabbit hole. It doesn't matter there. If a kid gets a 20%, right? Um, so if there were 10 questions, let's say they got two right. If they get four right the next week, they got 40%. They still failed. So many teachers and so many students just look at you failed. You failed again. You know, look at these horrible grades. You got a 20%. Um, and like we could put a squirrel in the desk next to you and it would get a better grade than that probably. A 20% and then this week you got a 40%. What they don't look at enough is that if you had a 20% last week and a 40% this week, that is a hundred times better you did. You did a hundred times better. How? Why? And I'm going to talk about how I identify that in students and then how I run them through a process where it's like, can you do, can you just do 50% better? Like, can we just get a 50 this week? Um, I don't even want you to get a hundred. I don't even care if you get a passing grade. I want you to get a 50% because what we're doing is building in belief in kids. We're building in skills that help them to not feel like, you got to pass. Right. And it's like, oh man, I got a 20. Now I got to bring it up. Like it's, it's helping kids incrementally build that up. And that makes you unstoppable. I love that. I think that that's so wonderful. Like it, it really shows that you can do it. That half cup of coffee had an effect on me, babe. <laughs> that and my crooked shirt <laughs> fired up. All right. Let's go back. Uh, Chris Carson, we do need to end soon, so but like Chris this. Carson is up asking, my energy comes and goes like the Alabama weather. Some days I am fired up and ready, and some days I am just fired up and dead. Oh, how guru got some ideas. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, you do so much health exploration uh, around here. So <laughs> we are right now, man, Chris, we are on some. We're on a whole new level, Chris. We went to, uh, we've been going to, well, I took Brody. I was really interested in ADHD meds. Let's for do the again. short version of this. This, yeah. And I had to say that because yeah, I know we just I... opened the whole can of worms. There's worms everywhere. No, I'm just not. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you what we do. Anyway, yeah. I wanted to go look at uh, into ADHD meds for birds since he's um, back in school and how that could help him and if needed. And so we went to like a real natural 
uh, guy who's just all about like, what is your really your blood work say to your body? And so finding someone like that was really great. But so that's put us in the world of completely grain free. So we are now doing a completely green, not just gluten free, but grain free diet. So no corn, no soy. Um, no, no, nothing. It's just vegetables and fruits and Less maybe smiles. Some sweet potatoes and potatoes and quinoa we can have. But um, so it's been that is not true. And do not listen not, to him because no. we have really everything we've eaten has been awesome. Yeah. Um. So, Chris, I would say in my experience, it starts with. Uh, for me, I th- other people go different ways. For me, it's sleep. It's getting the optimum, 100%. all the all the sleep that you need. Right. Figuring that out. What is that for your body? And after my parents both died, I had an aversion to sleep because I felt like I was wasting time that I should be. I I largely I slept on max. Like I got about four and a half hours of sleep in my all of my 20s um, because of that idea. Now, it's not about getting more hours. It's about getting more out of my hours. And so I get minimum seven and a half hours of sleep a night. Well, actually minimum seven, seven and a half is my sweet spot. I actually can't, I typically don't, I can't sleep more than seven and a half hours. So, um, but that's me. But even if yours is nine hours or 10 hours, it puts so much more energy into, it allows you to rest, it allows your brain to to rest. It is the thing. The other thing is, um, and then I opt, like, I optimize things so that I can sleep better, right? So I have earplugs in, we have blackout curtains in our room. There's no other lights in my room. Like it's really important. The other thing, and this is the answer I hate, uh, the, most of these answers, the, all the rest of the answers I hate uh, <laughs> is eating. Your eating has everything to do so that you're not crashing and burning and going up and down all day. It's what do I eat? Um, and just get real with that. You're not going to find something that you have to eat that is like makes you happy. It's either less delicious or it's so friggin' time consuming. No, it's rewiring your brain. It, the this, stuff you stuff made, is delicious. the stuff you've made in the last few weeks on every night, every night is great. I don't love quinoa, but like um, <laughs> that's partially because you put peas in it and they're that's like the devil's coin. One recipe that has peas no. in it. The peas are like the devil made corn. Um, so, so short of the of the devil corn, um, it's been delicious, right? It's been unbelievably good. And so, outside of that, it's like, I, Chris, it's go get your blood work done. But we go to someone and get blood work done where they take so much blood. I feel like we call I call him Doctor Dracula because uh, he takes so much blood but you're getting all your levels checked out because you might have a vitamin D deficiency and that's why you're so tired all the time. Right. I have like- learned so much. Like, so we did this years before and CJ like has very, very little wrong with him. Cause he eats, he's, he's pretty healthy. Anyway, I have a ton that is wrong with well, me. That's because we get cancer in my family. Like it's a hobby. I know. So we got, I have to be like, but my vitamin mindful. deficiency is there's a lot of them that I struggle with and they're all around like, being tired and fatigued and I'm tired and fatigued all the time. I have to go to bed. I go to bed at nine o'clock because I know I need eight hours. I went to bed two different nights this week earlier, like later. And it like wrecked me for the next day. And I was like, I was cranky all day and I was tired. There was no amount of coffee that was helping me. Um, but it's, it's really trying to learn about you and it's 
bottom line, it is not eating wheat because wheat is the Closing devil. The lid. I know wheat is the devil. So if you really want to learn about that or what that means, you could, I read a book uh, called Wheat Belly on, uh, I listened to it on an audio book and it was really eye opening on how that impacts our, our, our life. And so it's eating vegetables and fruits and all the things that we know, but no whole grains. Can we do one more? I know we have to go pick uh, up kids. Yes. Jane Way. I feel like I didn't get Jane to a Way. lot this week. They were you all didn't. long answers. You only got to 205. No, we usually get to 220 in our comments. It's a lot of, it was a lot of. All right. Um, I'm sorry. They're asking, is there any space for conservative teachers thinking about getting back into the classroom? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm trying to say your name, but I, I'm struggling. Uh, so anyway, I apologize. I have a thing with vowels and if there's too many vowels, it doesn't compute in my brain. Anyway, um, I think there is, it's, you know, I find that, um, friends of eyes, we had other friends that lived in Philadelphia with us that they moved to Iowa and we moved to New Mexico. It's very conservative where we live now. I think I was too conservative for where I lived before and I'm way too liberal for where I live now. Um, in comparison because of the extremes. Um, but I, I think it's about finding a school that's a right fit for you and finding, even if it's not, if it, it is for me finding a school that, that, um, my values are in alignment with, I would never work at a school in which my values aren't aligned with. So there are things that I don't believe in. There are there are uh, popular opinions about things in the world that people follow that I don't believe in. Um, and that's a lot of different stuff, right? Like, um, you know, my son had a whole conversation with the kids at his school the other day, and they were all talking about how they got hit when they were little. And my son was like, like baffled. And he was like, what you like your parents hit you and then he comes home and tells us this and like his friends were making his friends said that we were weak parents because <laughs> we didn't hit our kids and we talked to them instead there are things like um i didn't allow my children to, to watch a lot of children's like my son didn't watch tv till he was two we didn't and watch did, spongebob we didn't this watch always SpongeBob. comes up for my kids yeah, and i did not no let them shade. watch SpongeBob. you want your kid to watch spongebob go ahead like spongebob it up um <laughs> But there was tons of popular television that I did not allow my children to watch when they were coming up. Right. So there's like um, so my values don't have to completely align. But they what I want to know is that am I working with people where one, I can be me. That two, I'm not going to have to um, communicate something within the education system that I do not that does not align with me uh, or with my particular values. So it's like. It's really looking deep into where you want to work to see if it's a place that aligns with you and not just taking a job because it's close, because they were willing to do it. Um, I think about those sorts of things a lot. Like if I were to go back to a school building, I, I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be getting interviewed. I'd be interviewing is how I would look at it. And that's not just like, a, I'm not trying to be like a narcissist or something there, but I think interviews go both ways. And I need to find out if you are the kind of folks that I can thrive with because I'm not interested in showing up and surviving. I'm only interested in showing up and being all that God has given me to be. All right. Here cool. Um, Take another one. Uh, gosh, I feel like, yeah. And then I have a terrible okay. idea. I have an idea that I'm, you're going to be like, oh, what are you doing? Uh -oh. um, 
Sheena, which I think she might have just left. She said somebody said bye, All right. Sheena. And then I have an idea. Uh, but do. Sheena, here's your question. Uh how how do I deal with a student who was doing well but is now being negatively affected by a friend who joined the class? I am getting attitude. Have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that kid. And what's going on? This is what I'm seeing. This is what I think I'm seeing. This is who I know you to be. You're awesome. You are incredible. Um, and know that influence goes both ways, right? What if you influence this person to be a contributing member of our class, to be great, to walk in their own greatness? It's so easy to be hateful and negative all the time. It's just easier. Plus, it's popular culture, right? It is um, one of my favorite mentors of all time said that being happy in public is one of the most revolutionary things a person can do, right? And think about that, right? It's so, it's like, what's up with them? Why are they being like that? But like being like a little bit pissed off or how's it going? Pfft, still above the dirt, like I guess. But like um, it is difficult to be vulnerable, to deal with your stuff, to be happy in public, to be an active participant in class is so much harder. I'd have that conversation with that student and let them know that the reason you're doing it is because you see their awesomeness, right? You see it and you know that who they can be. So I, I really wanted to have this conversation with you because I just like think you're incredible um, and I'm noticing this. That's where I would start with that conversation. Awesome. And she was still here. So she still got to hear your cool. answer. Um, what's your crazy, what's, I, your, what's your weird idea? I think I might put a video out this week, just answering a bunch of other questions. All right. I might try and answer these questions. I was even thinking about doing it in the Facebook group. I was going to say, like post that. your question in the Facebook group. You go in there a lot. Of yeah. Times and, and here's the thing. Uh, try to. Please tag me. in. if you have a question for me in the Facebook group, I find them sometimes and people ask me questions, but they don't like tag me. They just put like, they just write Reynolds or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't see those. And sometimes there's too much stuff in, in the Facebook group. Um, but just let me know. Uh, if you're not a part of our Facebook group, it's a really great place to go. If you're not a part of this upcoming workshop that is going down this Thursday, uh, if you want to sign up, look, it's an investment in you. We try to price it as low as possible so that people can get in on it. Um, it starts at only $39, but you can get all four of them. And even you can get the one that we already did. We'll just send you the recording of it. And if you don't have it, just email me. And I would, I, there's no shame here, right? Like, we want people to be great teachers for kids. If I have to gift it to you, just let me know. I don't have it right now, right? Can I gift it? Like, I remember that that life. Um, all it still happens sometimes when as an entrepreneur. But like, <laughs> let me know, and I'd be happy to to gift it to you. And if you know someone that could use it, like, reach out. Like, let someone else know that you know you might really be able to do this. And if you have it. Look, I've gifted things like this to other teachers and been like, it's already paid for. I already took care of it. You are you just have to sign in, but like now go do it. Um, because I'm guaranteeing you, you give me an hour of your time, I'm gonna give you back your school year. Um, but not just by giving you the information, I'm gonna tell you what to do, then you just have to do it. And I don't want to minimize that either. But anyway, gang, we love you. I'm so thankful that everyone jumps on here every week. Um, and we will see you again next in March. Next Sunday, uh, oh, yeah. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace.